Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms and on the YouTube channel, The Subtext. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Warm. Very warm. Too warm. <laughs> Don't like it. It's too hot. Yeah, and sitting in a room with the window shut recording is uh, probably the best way to spend the day. It's less than ideal. I, I, I don't like it when England's hot. I, I, I get too... You can't do anything. I feel really unproductive when it's too warm. Yeah, especially at the moment. It's not much you can do anyway. We're, we're back in lockdown in the north of England, so that's a lot of fun. Well, you should stop going around coughing in people's mouths then, shouldn't you? <laughs> that doesn't happen, just to clarify to anyone that... <laughs> Oh, that is unsure on the situation. Um, okay, we, with uh, with that roaring start, we're going to talk about this week's game. This week's game is the first Zelda game for us to play and the earliest Zelda game on the list, although technically it's not, but we'll get into that. We should probably announce first our, our change of date. Thing okay yes i will throw it. i will throw that to you yep so um for the past what episode is this going to be 18 18 19 maybe um 17 I think yeah 17. something like that so for the past amount of episodes uh we've always released on a sunday at about four o'clock um moving forward we're going to be changing our release date of our episodes so we thought we'd let you know beforehand so this episode will still be going out on the usual sunday at four but every episode following this will be released on Thursdays. I, I think we agreed Thursdays, didn't we? Yes, yeah, Thursdays. Thursdays at about maybe six o'clock, I'd say. Um, we just thought we'd we'd try something new with the um, with the date of release. So it'll always be the same. Um, so all of our podcast episodes will come out at the same time, same as on YouTube. Um, but yeah, from now on, we're switching from a Sunday release to a Thursday release. So is it AM or PM? Uh, that would be a PM, uh, about six o'clock um, GMT. GM, yeah, yeah. Time, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, GMT. For so our keep an international eye out for that. listeners. Yeah. Okay. So uh, today we're going to be talking about Zelda: A Link to the Past, originally released in 1991, and just to clarify. Uh, the version that's actually on the Metacritic list is the Game Boy Advance version, which was released, I think, in 2001. Um, now, that game has a score of 95 on the Metacritic list, uh, placing it at number 39 on the overall games on the list. Um, now, we've both played, I believe, the Switch version which is a kind of um, emulation of the original Super Nintendo version. Now, from what I have seen, the GBA version version is the same as the original Super Nintendo version, although there were some extras here and there, but I think for the most part it was the same game. Um, but it's just easier for us to obviously just play it on the Switch and more um, convenient. Um, so how did you find it? Yeah, it was all right. I mean... 
this is this is the first game that I've properly played through on the Switch. Um, we alluded to it during the COD episode that I finally picked one up. So I've this is the first game that I've finished on the Switch, and it's actually the first Zelda game that I've ever managed to get all the way through and finish without um, kind of falling off the wagon halfway through. I think it was okay. I've played um, what have I played in the past? Past. I've played Ocarina. I've played Majora's Mask. I've played Wind Waker. Um, and I've played Hyrule Warriors, but that doesn't really count. So no, a I've, I've played a few Zelda games in the past, but I always have the same problem that I'll get, you know, a fair distance in and I'll just get bored. And there were times while playing through this that I kind of felt like I was going to drop off, but I really wanted to finish it for this podcast. So I yeah. persevered and I managed it. So yeah, this is the first Zelda game I've ever played to completion. So I'm quite proud of myself for that. But yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I How mean, about you? I mean, this is the thing about the podcast. It gives you kind of the motivation that you need to complete things that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Um, there's some games that that's not going to apply to, but uh, this game was one of those and you completed it before me um, this time. So how are you finding your Switch? Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, I mean, you, I've had it for two two weeks now, I think. I'm playing it a lot more than I thought I would. I, I've never really been too much of a Nintendo person. I've the games have never really appealed to me however it's just a lot of other kind of games that i'm picking up on the switch that i wouldn't play elsewhere so i've been putting in i think i've played about 20 25 hours of stardew valley um and i'd never play that on my ps4 just because i can't imagine playing that game on my tv but it's quite nice to just have a little console that i can play while i've got something on in the background i think i've only hooked it up to my tv three times perhaps so i'm mostly playing handheld but i'm I'm really enjoying it i'm enjoying it a lot more than i thought i would and yeah i'm spending quite a lot of time on it which is good i've just bought a few new games which i'm looking forward to jumping into so yeah it was a good purchase and i'm enjoying it a lot so it's positive yeah from knowing you i think you're one of these people that's in between where um you weren't a nintendo person but you're, you're someone who um has always kind of wanted to see what the appeal in that was mm. whereas there are some people that are obviously at the other end that have no interest in that yeah so i think that's, that's a pretty good starting point um yeah uh so i've got a long history with the zelda series the i mean behind tetris zelda was the first game that i played or so yeah so after tetris so uh, we got we got game boys and we got tetris and we got link to the part oh no sorry link's awakening and I didn't really care much for Tetris. And no, I played I a lot Tetris. of Link's Awakening. Tetris, we also Tetris. had Super Mario Land 1 and 2. I had number but 1. Uh, that one. I, I preferred number 2. Uh, mm. Especially when I was young. It's, it's, it's just hard to play number 1. Yeah. Because it was quite challenging. <laughs> um, yeah, so the game that I remember most fondly from the Game Boy was uh, Link's Awakening. Obviously, that's just seen a re-release on the Switch. Mm. And I remember when we got our Nintendo 64, um, I got Ocarina of Time for my birthday and I got Majora's Mask for the following birthday. I think it was released the year afterwards. Yeah, yeah. 1999. Um, and when we got the GameCube, I was really excited for Wind Waker. Wind Waker was all right. Um, yeah, so I've got a long, long history of Zelda uh, with Zelda games um, up until the present day and my favorite game of all time is a zelda game 
Um, but more on that at a different point. It may not be the Zelda game that you're expecting it to be. Mm. Um, yeah, so long, long history, but I'd never, ever, ever played Links to the Past. I'd started it a few times, but I'd never kind of really made it far in. So this was, a, for me, same as you, playing a game that I'd never played before. Now, I really want to give a bit of context here because this game was released originally in 1991, 29 years ago. Great year. Yeah, well, it's your birth year, isn't it? It is indeed. Fantastic year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I think this is far and away the oldest game that we've played on the list, and it may well be the oldest game on the list. Um, yeah, I think it might be, actually. I can't think of anything earlier than that. No, um, because the, the Civilization games were kind of mid-90s, weren't they? So Yeah, they're yeah, all mid-90s that, that, This PC. could possibly be the earliest game on the list. Which which says a lot, and, it, and it, it, it's valuable context for when we're uh, discussing the game. This yeah. was 1991. This was the third Zelda game after Zelda 1 and 2. Um, Zelda 1 was very, very open-ended, um, and you could really easily get lost, and it was full of vague hints, um, walls that you... Uh, could bomb, but you would never know where to bomb because there were yeah. no design hints for that. Um, and Zelda 2, which was very, very challenging, side-on Zelda game. Uh, and then you came to this, which was kind of more like the Zelda 1 formula, yeah. but it refined a lot of it. And it introduced a lot of the things that we now have come to know about the Zelda series. Um, so things that made an intro in A Link to the Past would be things like heart containers, um, the hook shot, um, that kind of structure that has been used for a long time, but kind of was thrown away with Breath of the Wild. Uh, so yeah, this was really, um, really big original game for them, and very old game, which uh, leads us on to the design. So, what what do you? How did you find? The design of this game was it frustrating? Was well, it? I, I, I've just I've just remembered. I've, I've mentioned all the games, the Zelda games that I played in the past, but I, I didn't mention one that I played quite a few hours of, which is um, A Link Between Worlds. And a lot of people will say that A Link Between Worlds is not like a remake of A Link to the Past, but they're they're very very closely tied. It's like a pseudo sequel. Yeah. So going into this game, that the map design and stuff is exactly the same, um, and I played a fair bit of um, a link between worlds. I quite enjoyed it. Again, I never finished it, um, but I, I I was drawing quite a lot of comparisons. And I think my my main issue with um, a link to the past is, and I, I know it's something that you kind of echo, is that we don't have the context of playing this game when it came out or playing it when we were a lot younger. And I know that a lot of people think that this is one of the best Zelda games um, there is. And I, I, I say it cautiously because I know that Nintendo and particularly Zelda fans um, are very protective of the series, which is understandable. But I think if you go into playing this game having not played it before at the age of 28 or you know older, I think it doesn't hold up as well as you think it does. It's still solid, but it's exactly the same as something I mentioned one of, in one of the previous podcasts where I got my friend James to try and play Metal Gear Solid. 
that he never played before and he just couldn't quite get his head around it. And I think yeah. a lot of the stuff with A Link to the Past is nostalgia fueled, and that doesn't take anything away from it because I still think this is a pretty solid game. But there are numerous design flaws in this game that maybe people will look past if they you know, have fond memories of it. And coming into this completely blind with no nostalgia or particular love, uh, particular love for the Zelda series, I think it's helped me notice a lot of the flaws a lot more. Um, and I think it's important to say that as the years have gone by, gamers have got a lot lazier. We expect our hands to be held and be told what to do. I, I certainly do. Um, and there isn't really that element in A Link to the Past. I mean, you can go to the fortune teller and he'll maybe give you a hint on what you need to do. But, I mean, being able to go and do certain things in this game without having the correct um, inventory, I got to um, the boss in Turtle Rock um, and I didn't have the ice rod. And I realised I couldn't complete that dungeon's boss without the ice rod. So I then had to go out, go and find the rod from um, Zora's cave and then go back and do it, which I found really frustrating because I don't think I should have been able to get to that point without having that particular item. Um, so I think it's it's a well-designed game, but there are oversights. And again, I have to think back to 1991 where a lot of games were like that. Um but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to add to that. I think it's it's well designed, but with flaws, is what I'd say. Yeah, and I think this is something that we're going to run into time and time again from now on, which is this this um, argument of nostalgia versus quality. Yeah, and it's not just going to be with Nintendo games; it's going to be anything older than a certain age, well, even even newer games. I mean, people might be. People might have nostalgia for things released in 2008 now. That's 12 years well, ago. It's, well, it's in, it'll be interesting to see where it lies when we um, come to do the games that we want to do on this podcast and when we do Final Fantasy VII. Because I know that that game isn't particularly beginner-friendly because it's so old and you know the graphics on it are you know r- ridiculously... Um, it hasn't aged well. So it'll be interesting as me playing that game again as one of my well as my favorite game of all time compared to you playing it who's never played it before has no nostalgia for it and see where you come out with it because obviously it's so it would be so different for us i think yeah and I'm, I'm intrigued to play that one it's this discussion about nostalgia um is nostalgia a good or bad thing i mean it's hard to say um if nostalgia allows you to kind of transport yourself back to a certain time and enjoy things as if you were that age again, I think nostalgia is really a good thing, um, but it can cloud your judgment. So I suppose what we have to do is wade through the nostalgia and see what lies beneath, if we can. <laughs> That's a bit of a, a noble aim for us. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. So like I said, I've got a long history with Zelda games, but um, I, th- I feel like exactly the same as you. Uh, this game established that kind of dungeon formula um, that you get in uh, a lot of the following games. And the difference is between this and, say, Ocarina of Time, is that Ocarina of Time, you cannot progress until you've got a certain item. 
so everything rests on that item. Whereas a link to the past lets you carry on until you hit a certain point and you don't have that item. Then you have to go all the way back to get that item. I was so annoyed at that. I was so angry. Because I sent you a voice message, didn't I, on WhatsApp. And I was like, I've just got to this boss. And now I've got to leave the dungeon and mess about getting off, um, what is it, Death Valley, is it? Uh, no, Death Mountain. I think... I, th- I, think it, I think it's Death Mountain or something. I was like, I've got I know to- Death Mountain's in later games, but I don't know if it's called the same thing here, which is why I'm... Well, the the, the Death Mountain-esque Let's call it Death Mountain. area, I had to get down off there to then go to the lake to go and get the ice rods to then make my way back up the mountain through very specific areas. And luckily, I managed to use the mirror to get between the light and dark world to get back to the entrance to the... Um, the, the, the dungeon that was just up the corridor from the boss but I was so annoyed about it because I was like this shouldn't be able to happen but then I look back on it and I'm like okay well a lot of games of the time were very much like this and I mean you go back to playing any of the older games from that um, from that era you play something like Castlevania 2 um, Ninja Gaiden these games don't hold your hand and I think that's you know a lot of the nostalgia with it people know these games back to front they know them so well so someone else coming in and saying well why why wasn't i able to do that they've already got the knowledge so like, well you should have known but it's like well no I, I i should have been given at least a pointer you know yeah and and there are pointers in the world but there's nothing about when you're going to need them or anything like that so i i missed the flippers mm. and there was someone in kakariko village that said oh, you should go to the waterfall and check the waterfalls out and you might find someone that will help you or something. Um, and I thought, okay, I'll do that at some point. It didn't sound time sensitive. But then I got to dungeon two or three in the dark world and you need the flippers by then. Mm. So at that point I had to go and get the flippers. So you always run into these walls. Now, it's kind of gating your gameplay and... Ocarina of Time and things like that did do this too, but they did it in a more friendly way so that the item that you need is always within the vicinity. Whereas in A Link to the Past, you could travel ages and ages away, have to travel back across the map. I mean, I did a lot of messing around in the last two dungeons, just getting myself prepared, looking for things. I didn't have the flutes. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what I was doing and I was uh, going backwards and forwards between the dark world and the light world picking up heart containers as I went and eventually got the flute because you can't access the sixth dungeon without the flute um, so yeah it's but it's like you said this was 1991 games before A Link to the Past really weren't doing much uh, like this but this was really a step in the right direction for design, and obviously many games after a link to the past borrowed from this. Yeah, like so you've it wasn't got games perfect, like was it? But it was it was on its way. It was a refinement, I'd say, of yeah, the original formula. Definitely, but it needed further refinement, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then you got things like so, so, so the two that you always watch it is there's probably about three games that you always hear about from Super Nintendo. There's more than that, obviously. Mm. Um, but you've got a link to the past. You've got Super Metroid, and you've got Mario 3D World. On Mario 3D is World. Mario, th- Mario. No, Mario. Um, the Yoshi's Island and the one Super before Mario that. Super Mario World. Super Mario World. That's the one. Yeah. So you've got those those uh, those 
three games that people always harken back to. There's more than that. There's obviously F-Zero, things like that. Mario Kart um, stuff. Yeah. And all the Zone 7 game, the, mm-hmm. the Mode 7 game, sorry. Um, my brain is not working state, as you can see. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was one of the one of the uh, one of the games that kind of really took strides forward and then they'd make continued strides to refine that formula. Um, the thing that dawned on me when I was playing it was games at this time we're also seeing it from a modern perspective in terms of we think that we should be able to pick up a game and complete it within a certain amount of time. Yeah. But these games were made to be to last, basically. Mm. So they were made to be explored. So whereas we wouldn't necessarily want to explore so much because we're always trying to move forward to the end, I think gamers back then... I mean, I remember playing the, the same levels in GoldenEye for hours and hours. A, a good example of that that I can give is if you think back to when we both played Red Dead Redemption 2, I said that I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed playing through it the second time, which was the time that I played it for the podcast, because I already knew what the story was going to be. So I was a lot happier to just explore and do extra things, which made me enjoy it more. And for the, obviously for the podcast, we we try and play through a game within a one or two week um period but as well as that these games were primarily at the time made for children and children have got nothing but time but playing these games now we've both got jobs um we both come home from work or finish work um tired and we don't want to be you know running around and exploring places and trying to find secret things when you know we've got other things that we need to do as well and I think it's just a case of, you know, getting older that you just kind of want to see where things lead. And I think yeah. that's where playing a game like A Link to the Past at the age that we are, a bit of it is lost on us because we we don't have that sense of exploration as much as we did when we were younger anymore. So we miss things or we don't get entrapped in the magic of it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and I, I I think the thing is, though, it's like you said with Red Dead Redemption 2, you wanted to go out and, and to explore. So it's not that games don't do it anymore, but they need to be able to give you the incentive to do it, mm. to reward you to do it. Whereas me playing A Link to the Past, I just didn't really feel much of an incentive to do it. I mean, I, I, I was picking up heart containers. I had 18 hearts when I finished it out of 20. Yeah, so you've got heart containers to pick up and things like that, but I just didn't feel the incentive to do it. And I feel like there's a ton to explore in this world. There are so many things that you don't need and so many sword upgrades. I mean, how how far did you upgrade your sword? The sword, um, there were periods of this game where I jumped on the guide a bit like with Grim Fandango. Um, and before I did the Turtle Rock dungeon i found out that you could get the highest sword because i'd upgraded it once before that so i got the highest level of sword that you could which i think is the gold sword um so i got the gold bomb not the gold bomb the super bomb in the dark world from link's house then trailed it around to the little pyramid where you start off in the dark world and there's a big cracked wall that you can only open with the super bomb um so that's where you get the gold sword and also the silver arrows which make uh fighting ganon at the end a lot easier so I, I I maxed out that stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got the gold sword as well. But there was, uh, what struck me was there was so there was so much in the world to see and do that I missed uh, probably half of it. Yeah. Um, and Same. sometimes I felt like going around and picking that stuff up, um, but sometimes you just feel like you're driving towards something and you have to weigh what's worthwhile you doing whereas if something was really beneficial towards me completing dungeons or making things easier for me then then yeah um another thing about the game is it's quite it's it's fairly challenging for a zelda game um it still has some of that challenge from zelda one and two which they really uh ironed out and what i mean by that is things got a bit easier um especially in the GameCube era. And then it got very easy in the Wii era um, to the point where you could basically be unstoppable by the end of Skyward Sword. And then they made it really tough again for Breath of the Wild, which is good. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a challenging game. So onto our regular feature, Gameplay is King. Is the gameplay in A Link to the Past fun? Yeah, I'd say so. It's frustrating at times. Um, but I think, again, that is a, a callback to early 90s, late 80s gaming. Um, so when you take that element out of it, I tried to look back to playing this game if I had have played it at the time. So, I don't know, maybe I would have played it in 95, 96 if I had have done. Um, would I have enjoyed it? Probably. I think I would have probably fallen off <laughs> even at that age. Um but I think it's it's all right. The sword, um, the sword plays basic, but I think it's quite satisfying. Um, you've got things like the Pegasus boots to help you get around the map a lot faster, which again, satisfying because no one likes to travel slowly. So I'd say it's it's fun to play, yeah. Um, but take that with a pinch of salt, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. The game is actually fun to play, but um, sometimes the world built around it. That's the thing that kind of goes against it. Yeah. Uh, but to actually play the game on a kind of kinesthetic level, pressing the buttons, doing the things, it's a fun thing to play. Um, what's your favourite part of the gameplay? Um, what's your favourite move that you can do? Probably just probably just swinging the sword. Um, <laughs> it, it sounds basic, but especially when you've got the gold sword, so you know you're doing the maximum amount of damage. I quite enjoyed the sword play. I didn't ever really use the charge, um, the charge sword attack where you can do like a spin round and hit numerous things unless I was hacking down bushes. But I'd say probably the sword play or using the hook shot to get over to different places. Yeah, um, yeah the hook shot's very cool. What about you? Um, two things that come to mind. The first is, like you say, using the Pegasus boots. The Pegasus boots really speed you up. But also, if you get into a charge with the Pegasus boots, you can... Uh, take down enemies on your yeah. way and that's always fun to do um the other thing is picking up pots picking up skulls and throwing them at enemies yeah that never gets boring that's so much fun just it's it's a very satisfying game to play actually yeah and considering we're talking about a 29 year old game i think that's uh, quite impressive and it controls nicely i'd say the gameplay here really has aged incredibly well which is why a lot of the 2d zelda games haven't really done much to kind of um, move away from this because they got it so right in this game. And maybe that's because they got it right in the original Zelda game, which was also top down. But I think here is where it really, like, like we said, 
uh, became a refined experience. So what about the world that has been built around this gameplay, particularly the dungeons? How do you feel about the dungeons? This is this is the, the, the issue that I always have with Zelda games, is that sometimes I find the dungeons just very samey. And I, I, I don't know, like... I had the same issue with Ocarina of Time um, to, to the point where I just get bored of the dungeons and I know that a lot of people love the dungeon elements of the game because they're different and maybe people would say, well, you just need to stick with it or you just need to try to think a bit more laterally, but I find the dungeons a bit dull and the ones in the early game, um, they're pretty straightforward. To be fair, they're all relatively straightforward if you've got the patience. Um, but the dungeons are probably like one of my least favourite elements of a Zelda game, which sounds ridiculous because Zelda games are pretty much built around their dungeons. Um, and I know that they kind of change as the years go on. Um, I know Ocarina is pretty similar to Link to the Past in terms of dungeons and what you do in them, uh, but Majora's Mask shakes it up a bit, as does Wind Waker. Um, and I know Breath of the Wild is completely different, but they're, the dungeons are my least favourite part of a Zelda game, which is probably why I have issues completing them, because I just find them a bit boring. Yeah, um, I think dungeons is an important one to pick up on, because it's something that most Zelda games have in common, and you can kind of see what a Zelda game does well from its dungeons. Um, there's a really great series that I, I, I showed you. I don't know if you watched it, but um, it's called Boss Keys and it goes through through the design yeah. of the dungeons. Um, it's great. And some of the things that he pointed out, uh, a guy called Mark Brown, um, about the dungeons in A Link to the Past is a lot of them are quite straightforward, but they have paths that kind of go over themselves so you'll see a path above you, which you can't get to yet, yeah. or below you. And the the dungeons kind of wrap around themselves. I think that's really cool, and it kind of gives you a sense of scale. Uh, so this is, although this isn't a, a 3D game, it kind of feels a bit like a 3D game because you've got the different levels that you can see um, while you're actually playing. Well, um, yeah. I, I think that that was one of the things that kind of got to me with this game, and it was brought up by video that both you and me watched and I think we both watched it just before we started recording as well by the YouTuber some call me Johnny I mean you and me have both been watching him for quite a few years and he's done a few Zelda marathons and he mentions that the the in the later stages of the game like the later dungeons you'll hit a switch maybe three or four floors down that switches something on seven floors above you but it gives you no indication that it's going to be doing that and I think that's where my frustration there's no hints or no suggestion that's yeah. going to be important. And then if you don't hit it, you've got to go all the way back around. And that's where I get irritated and I start losing interest is when you've got to start thinking about stuff that isn't not obvious because you don't want stuff to be obvi obvious and totally handholdy, but a bit of indication would be nice, you know? And I think that's an issue that I've got with Ocarina as well that we, we mentioned that um, A Link to the Past refined stuff that was in the original Zelda, but I think Ocarina of Time was still ironing out those niggles. And Ocarina of Time wasn't quite there yet. And obviously we'll come to Ocarina of Time, and Ocarina of Time's the number one rated game on this list, and at the top of a lot of lists. 
and there are reasons for that but I, th- I think that I've not really played I've not played any of the Zelda games after Wind Waker and Wind Waker funnily enough is the one that I enjoyed the most when I've played it so it'll be interesting when we get to playing Twilight Princess and particularly Breath of the Wild to see how those things have been ironed out and if I enjoy them a lot more than the early games because I think that will be a big indicator to how far they've come. Do you know what I mean? Like they, They've always got the same themes and the same kind of mode of operandi that it, it sticks to with the dungeons and stuff, but I think the growth within the series and ironing out the issues will become more prominent as the series goes on. And obviously you know that better than I do because you've played a majority of them. Um, yeah, I think um, I, I actually think the dungeons in A Link to the Past are vastly different from any of the other games. Um, I think they're quite straightforward, but there's also a lot of focus on combat. Um, so you might have a room where you've got four enemies and two advanced. You've got to take out the four enemies to unlock the door, or you've got a pot with a switch under mm. um, to unlock the door, or things like that. And I think actually. Uh, from Ocarina of Time onwards, there was a big shift, uh, including in Ocarina of Time, because that's where you started to get more puzzle gameplay. Um, now, there are so many more puzzles in Ocarina of Time than there were in A Link to the Past. A Link to the Past is often um, advancing by taking out things or advancing. You're doing the odd puzzle here and there, but not, there's nothing too taxing in there. Um, straightforward puzzles like using the staff of Somalia. that red staff. Yeah, to uh, to Not create Somalia, blocks to put Somalia. on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yeah. The staff taken from Somalia to uh, <laughs> to <laughs> to put blocks on uh, switches, but it's it's all very kind of basic switch based gameplay. Um, you, you end up if you if you've got a block door in a room, you end up looking under the pots, taking out all the enemies. And usually there's something there that will open up the door. Um, but I think it, it really got a bit more complicated in Ocarina and from then onwards. Funnily enough, I think um, Wind Waker has very streamlined dungeons. Um, That's so why they're I quite. It. Yeah, they're very straightforward. Um, I don't know. I, I, find, um, I find Wind Waker's dungeons to be repetitive. I think they start off good and then they start to get repetitive. I actually really like Twilight Princess's dungeons. I think they're some of my favourites um, in the whole series. Dungeon design here, like I say, I think it was a work in progress. I think there are too many of them. Um, there are 10 in yes. total, plus the two. Uh, so you've got the castle as well, twice, and Ganon's Tower. So really, you could say there's 13 dungeons um, in this game. I think that's far too many. And I think you're right as well, with, with particularly with A Link to the Past, is these dungeons are themed but i think after the first five they do start to blend into one another but what what this game did compared to the original zelda was uh they actually made the dungeons look visually different from each other uh at least to an extent so that you could tell that you're in a different place but yeah like the ice palace and the yeah the swamp and turtle rock and stuff but they could have taken it further and i think they do take it further i think it's going to be really interesting because i've never played the zelda games in any kind of order through them so it's going to be really interesting seeing what is added what's taken away Uh, yeah where the design goes where it's streamlined where the challenge goes um when the challenge is kind of re-injected uh it's it's a really fascinating series in terms of that 
Uh, I was going to talk about the story, but there's there's not a huge amount to say. If you know the Zelda story, it's, this is this is the originator of that in a way again. Um, yes, it's taking what was in Zelda 1, but refining it. And if you've played any of a handful of uh, Zelda games since then, you know the story. It's, it's decently told. One thing I do want to talk about, though, is the opening. I think it's got a really cool opening. You've got the stormy night. You've got uh, Link's uncle... Is it, it's Link's uncle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, going out to try and save Princess Zelda. And on the way down, he gets struck down. You think he's dead, but it turns out he's, he's not dead for for reasons that are taken Link's from... uncle sucks. He doesn't get very far at all. No. He gets, he gets <laughs> he just goes around the corner, really, and just yeah. collapses. <laughs> and in the best comeback since Tommy in The Last of Us 2, he... Uh, he, he's back. He's back to life at the end. So yeah, miraculously survives. So that's where they got that design <laughs> trope from. Um, yeah, and then you're then you're kind of infiltrating this castle in this stormy night. It's great, and I always love that opening. But I think it slips from there. But then I, I suppose you could call that an early example of a set piece, couldn't you? Um, mm. This structured kind of linear section with more of a focus on atmosphere than design. Um, and just, I mean, we, we've kind of been talking about this a bit anyway, but uh, the, the overworld. Um, the overworld, I was surprised because I'd never played this game through before. So I didn't know Kakariko Village was in there. I didn't know that Kakariko Village used the same theme that they just overhauled in Ocarina of Time. I was surprised how many elements from Ocarina were here in A Link to the Past. So that was a quite, quite a nice thing for me to, to discover. Um, you've obviously got the dark world and the light world, and it's, it's, it's a fairly big map. Um, it can be a bit cumbersome to, to get around at times. Especially uh, what, the dark world. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the dark world is very linear so that you, you can only go certain paths and gates your progress really like like we say you need certain things to get past certain areas and one thing that i found really frustrating is that you can use the magic mirror to get from the dark world to the light world at any time but you can only get from the light world to the dark world through certain portals portals yeah yeah uh which was frustrating because that's <laughs> i'd spend ages just running around trying to find a portal and that's when i started getting my heart containers <laughs> yeah it's it does and this is this is another thing as well it has lots to discover on the map, but it doesn't have the side stories that later Zelda games would be known for. I think Majora's Ocarina, Mask. yeah, Majora's Mask especially, but Ocarina was the one that kind of uh, started that trend, and then Majora's Mask just ran for miles with it. Um, and Majora's Mask still, ha still has the very best side stories, in my opinion, of any Zelda game. Um, and it doesn't have, uh, you know, like the the puzzle challenges that you get. So you go into a shop in um, in Ocarina of Time and you'd have to open the chess and you'd have to open the yeah. right chess or you'd have to, the bomb choose. And yeah, they have a bit of that. They've got the, the, uh, yeah, archery, got the archery range. Thing, yeah, but that's that's about it really, isn't it? They've got, um, oh, they've got one with chess, haven't they, with opening rupees. Yeah. But I feel like it's fleshed out and a lot more fun in later games, but that's probably my nostalgia and bias <laughs> coming in as yeah, well. Yeah, maybe. Um, so the final thing that I really wanted to touch on was the soundtrack slash graphics. So let's talk about the graphics first. What do you think of the graphics? Was it, was it a nice looking game? 
Yeah, I don't know why Link's got pink hair, though. I don't know why Link's got pink hair. Um, I think this has been brought up by a lot of people as well, hasn't it? That he's, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Like, when I turned it on, I was like, oh. Because obviously I recognise Link. He's, like, one of the most well-known gaming icons there is. And I was like, pretty sure his hair's usually blonde. What's going on here? I have got a feeling. I, I this is completely unverified, but I think it may have been to do with the color palette. If there was yellow used elsewhere, that they couldn't yeah, use maybe. it on the hair, or it could have been a glitch that somehow made it into the game, or that they didn't change. Mm. They're they're my two theories, but yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I mean, this game's supposed to be a, a prequel to one and two, so maybe they're yeah, saying that the original the, Link in the is pink haired. Maybe. Maybe the I mean, original Link had pink hair. B- besides his bizarre hair colour, um, I, th- I think it's like classic of a majority of the games on the SNES that they all look quite pleasing. Um, it's the thing with Nintendo that Nintendo games always look aesthetically pleasing. Art always style. very colourful. Always, you know, look fun. Yeah. And that's how I describe the aesthetic of A Link to the Past. It looks fun, it looks colourful, it's nice to look at. Um, you know, all of the bright greens, the blues, it's it's what you'd come to expect, I think, from a from a a first party Nintendo game. Yeah. That it's just nice. And they've they've always kind of had that on lockdown anyway, haven't they, really? Yeah. Nintendo, their games always look and sound fantastic. Yeah, it's like um, they may not be pushing as many polygons as as um, other no. uh, developers, but they always get the art style right, and I think they've done that for a long time. And here is a good example of that. It is a pleasing game. I mean, this like I say, twenty nine years old um, for a pixel art game. It's really quite impressive. It looks like They're... it could be an indie game brought out a few years ago. Definitely, yeah. There's a lot of um, depth to the color palette, and the world itself looks excellent. Now, where I think it falls down is the enemies, which of pixels, they all look like kind of weird beasts with blotchy pixels all over their faces. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think generally speaking, yeah. it's really good though, but I think some of the moving parts could have been um, improved, but then I'm picking on a 29-year-old game, so what do I expect? <laughs> um, and what about the, the soundtrack? Yeah, again, Nintendo usually smash it out of the park with music anyway, don't they? I mean... You'd be hard picked to find someone that's into gaming that doesn't know the music um, for like the the overture for Zelda, um, you know the Kakariko Village music, yeah. and then you move it forward, and it's I think it's one of the reasons that Ocarina of Time is one of the best rated video games of all time is the soundtrack. Um, soundtrack and I think the Ocarina's got a lot to do with it in Ocarina of Time because a lot of the tunes that you play on that uh, are fantastic but you know it's solid you, you look at any nintendo game exactly what i just said with the graphics they all sound great the, the one that i can immediately think of if i think of great video game music that fits in with the feel of a game is um the mario game that was on the wii u uh, super mario 3d world wii 3d world yeah um like it was quality and i think it's the case with most that's on the list Oh, is 3D World on the list? Yeah, I, I only realised that today, actually. Oh, nice. Oh, that, that's cool. I, yeah. I really like that game. Um, yeah, I do. So, yeah, I think just Nintendo, smash it, aesthetic, music, it's 
you know, always quality. So I, th- I think the music was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I think for a Zelda, because it's like you say, the Zelda series in general has fantastic soundtracks. Yeah. I think if you're comparing it to other Zelda games, which you have to do, I think it's not as good as some of them. No. But it does have some great ones in there. Well, like, um, I love the castle theme. Uh, like, the... Yeah, yeah. There you go. You got a little snippet of. Nice. That was, very <laughs> that was from the game. I don't know if you realised that. That was, that was very good. Um, we've we've mentioned nostalgia a lot in this podcast. It will always bring feelings forward. I remember I was talking about it with um, with my friend Chris, um, and I was talking to him about this yesterday because I told him that we'd both finished um, a link to the past, and I remember about four or five years ago we were talking about this very thing that um he came over to mine one evening and we drank a few bottles of wine and we were like looking and playing games like super smash on the wii u and um one of his favorite games is wind waker and it was before i'd ever played it and he was like just just watch just watch this and he showed me the intro cut scene from wind waker where it's giving yeah. you kind of the lore and then yeah i love that the music um the music kind of breaks in and um he i think he said it like whenever he hears that whenever he watches that it gives him goosebumps and yeah he's talking about the little boy the little hero yeah i think that was and, it and yeah it's great you know gaming and films will always have that effect on people um you know i that there are some pieces of music in final fantasy 7 that i'll listen to and immediately I'll just be like, oh, damn, gives me goosebumps every time. And I think that Nintendo really have the license on that, hitting people with nostalgia, with music, particularly in Mario, and particularly in Zelda. Um, and yeah, it's, it's classic Nintendo, isn't it? They just, well, I've, I've, I've already said it, they just smash it every time with, with aesthetics and with sound and you know, yeah, and I, and I think doing this series is, is I think, it's, like I said, nostalgia is going to play a part mm. on several videos and, and it's going to be interesting just to assess. I mean, nostalgia is such a strange thing. People throw it around as if it's either a really big positive or a really big negative, but it depends I don't think it's, it's really to. either of those. Yeah, I, don't, I just think nostalgia is nostalgia and nostalgia is inherently linked with our memories and being kids and being more carefree and it, uh, and I just think yeah. it can really enhance things and it as long as you can kind of I don't know take it uh, in detachment I don't know it's something that I really want to uh, look at you've, you've got and to be able to, to see. look at things logically with nostalgia if you look at um, I'm, a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and if you look at the, the fan base of Star Wars when the new uh, the sequel trilogy came out um, a lot of people and Mark Hamill put it really well that if you go into watching these films and I think you can put this into gaming as well if you go into watching these films with the mindset of this is going to take me back to my childhood and this is going to give me the same feelings that I had back then you're, you're always going to be disappointed because it just isn't that and I think it's very easy to look at old games or games that you grew up with with rose-tinted glasses. Um, and when newer games come out or when people criticise something that you really love, it can 
you know, it can feel personal because you've got some really special memories with that particular game or that particular film or book or whatever. But I just had a thought about nostalgia. Mm. And that is, I was thinking about Jurassic Park compared to Jurassic World. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Jurassic World. I've not seen either. Um, so Jurassic Park is obviously a classic yeah. science fiction um very entertaining and also for all ages as well um and jurassic world taps into that by basically retreading the story it does it really well um you've got those moments that it hits you've got obviously the big score um and but the problem is jurassic world even in its own right as as a decent film and as a good homage to the original Jurassic Park tips its hat to it. it yeah it can't it can't be anything more than that though can it you're never going to say oh I think you're um, shake off that original um, no original it's story. always going to be yeah, an imitator of the original isn't it yeah and the original is always going to be the one that kind of um, carved pathways and I think you can see it at times in the Zelda series I think there are certain games that took the nostalgia too far and it went against them. Now, the one that I think people would, would say most is Twilight Princess. Um, it was very much an homage to Ocarina of Time. And it's a shame, really, because there are some really good elements in uh, Twilight Princess, like I say, the dungeons. But I think it leaned a bit too heavily on the already established. Now, I, I like the Zelda games that change the rules a bit in different ways whether it's with the story with the world or with um, other elements to it like um, I love the Zelda games where Zelda's not even there get Zelda out of there just just get her out yeah I really hope Breath of the Wild 2 kicks her out of there I know it's not because they've already released her in the trailer but just kill her off that's that's uh that's my that's my uh pitch for a sequel to Breath of the Wild 2 Damn. Kills Elder off. Heavy. Just chuck her out. God. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's been a bit of an up and down episode, but let us wrap things up. What was your best moment in the game? Probably, I'd, 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 I'd link it with some of my worst moments in the game, but the bosses. Some of the bosses were great, others weren't, but fighting a few... Best of- boss, what was your best boss? I can't remember the name of him or what dungeon he was in, but he was the guy that, the guy, um, the, the boss that had like loads of eyes that he was shooting at you and then you had to get the eyes yeah. gone and then he'd um, he'd start charging the at you. The that you just had to stand there and slash. Yeah, loved that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> great, loved that boss. Yeah, I, I'd say some of the bosses. There, there are a few others as well that would stand out. Um, yeah. But I'd say probably bosses from the early part of the game rather than the irritating ones towards. I liked Aganim as well. Like I said to you, I think he's yeah, um, he was good batting back his magic. Mm-hmm. It's quite a novel thing at the time. There's um, there's something like that in Ocarina, isn't there, with the, the paintings? There is indeed. Yeah, there so. is indeed. And also here, just to throw another bit in there now because it's all my brain is starting to wake up now. Um, you got uh, you got your your big key which opens up the big chest, which will unlock you the weapons, yeah. and it will also open up the big door. Now, that's something that is gone in the following games. Instead, you've just got the boss key. 
you've got your chest which has your main weapon but the boss key only opens up the boss door that's it um so they kind of again it was another another shift in the dungeons that we're going to see coming to the next game but obviously we can elaborate more on that then yeah um what was your worst moment playing uh, this game? Some of the bosses. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say uh, the moment that you realised I didn't have the ice, didn't rod. Have the ice rod. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a boss. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that, that's linked. Um, but yeah, I think the worst part of the game was the lack of, um, not instruction, because you don't need instruction to play a game, but it would have been nice to have a few hints Guidance. Yeah, a few, a, a few bits yeah. of guidance here or there. So I'd say... As much as I love the design of this game, one of the worst elements for it, for me as well, was the design. So it's kind of caveated with the design being great, but also not being great. Lacking, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's full of good design. It's full of bad design. Mm-hmm. And a design doesn't have to be just overall good or bad. There can be good design and bad design. Yeah. Now the bad design is I think it doesn't give you enough enough cues. Yes. Um, to it. what you should do. And my favourite moment. It's still that opening with the music, mm. the storm. Yeah. Um, that it's just so, so cool. Um, but to me, the rest of the game didn't really hold up to that. And my worst moment was Ganon's Tower. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, just to me, that is bad design because it's just huge. There are so many rooms that you don't need to go into. And. There, there's, there's, there are a couple of paths through it, which is cool, but these aren't puzzles. These are just like tests of your in- endurance. You're refighting bosses you fought before. You're killing a bunch of enemies to proceed. Yeah, it's, it's. Um, I was getting a bit fed up with this. I just thought, how many more rooms are there going to be? Um, yeah. So that was my worst. That was my worst moment. Does this game deserve its place on the list? This is really tricky. Yeah, this is a this is a hard question um, because as much as obviously we've said we, we've got to look at this from the perspective of it being the 1990s, and I mean this list has got what one, two, three, four, five, six, six Zelda games. Six. That's it's a lot of Zelda games, and I mean if you stand it up against the other ones. I don't think it does. It deserves its respect for being an originator of the themes and, well, not an originator, but, you know, kind of pushing it in the direction that Zelda goes in. Um, But with the amount of Zelda games that are on this list, I think you could afford to lose A Link to the Past off here. Because what what number did you say it is? 39. That's very high for this kind of game. Um... I mean, it's higher than a few of the other Zelda games as well. Yeah, I think a lot of it, like we've said, I think a lot of this game is linked with nostalgia, and that's absolutely fine. And if you do love this game, I can understand why. There are a lot of elements about it that are very pleasing and very enjoyable. But for it to be in the top 100 video games of all time list, and obviously this is coming from a point of subjective opinion, as someone that isn't a huge Zelda fan anyway... But even putting that aside and comparing it to Majora's Mask, to Ocarina of Time, to Wind Waker, and Breath of the Wild, which I have, I've never played, but I don't think it should be on here. It's a fun game, and maybe you could say it deserves to be in the top one hundred, ga- uh, top two hundred games. But for it to be in the top one hundred in the first place, and to 
be in the top 50. Uh, no, I I can't see it. It's fun and I enjoyed it, but I I wouldn't put it in the top 100 video games of all time, especially with the other Zelda games being where they are on this list and the the quality and the caliber of those other titles in this list. How about you? I think it's a three-pronged question. Mm. I think like the Triforce. Like the Triforce. So you've got your your bottom left triangle, which is does this game deserve to be on the 100 greatest games ever made list? Um, I'd say to answer that question, yes. Because Ocarina of Time wouldn't have been Ocarina of Time without yeah. Into the Past. Yeah. So it was an innovator and a lot of games borrowed design elements from it. It was really kind of, uh, like I say, it was it was, it was was treading its own path. I don't think that's the phrase. I think I just made that up. Uh, <laughs> but that's, so does it deserve to be on the 100 best games of all time? Yes, in that sense. Would it be on my own personal list? No. That's the top triangle right there of the Triforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't be on my own personal list. It's not a game that I'm going to be racing to play again. I don't think I'd ever be bothered if I never played it again. Um, third triangle is the bottom right one on the on the triangle. Is would I recommend it? And I would say the only way I'd recommend it is if you're really curious about playing all the Zelda games. If you're really curious about this title in particular, or if you've played it before. If you're a new player that doesn't have much interest in the game, I would say you you can miss this one. So that's Smaller my Triforce. Yeah, and and I, I don't know. I, I think I would have played it out of curiosity. I'd have fallen into that category. Well, out of um, out of curiosity, then you say for your first part of your three pronged answer that you think it does deserve to be in the top one hundred list because of what it gave uh, in terms of ideas and mechanics to Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and Beyond. If those games didn't exist and this was the only Zelda game on this list and you completely forget about Ocarina of Time being the highest rated and, and all of that stuff, if it was just standalone on its own, a link to the past, none of the other games existed, would you still say the same answer? It depends, again, on, on the context because you got to remember this is a 29-year-old game. If none of the other Zelda games followed, that's fine, but you'd still have to judge its impact on other games. And I still think it would have been... I see this game as a stepping stone Mm -hmm. between the old archaic design from the late 80s, early 90s to the more modern design that we've got today. I see this game as like an in-between. And I think without those important in-between games that they may have never come. I mean, it's possible that the gaming industry wouldn't have evolved beyond graphics, Um, but we needed games like this to kind of carve the design um, and like we said, it's refined it, but it's not there yet. Mm. But it's to I be think, respected. Yeah, it's really important to acknowledge that middle step, and that's the way I see this game. Yeah. It's that middle step. Um, so, yes, it should be on that list, but it wouldn't be on my own personal yeah. favourites list. Um, yeah. That's fair enough. That, that's the way I see it. Yeah, okay. It's all about context, isn't it? It's all about, yeah. especially with a game this old, it's all about context. And it, it'll be interesting um, to look back when we eventually do... Um, 
when we eventually do play with Breath of the Wild, because Breath of the Wild will be the last Zelda game that we play, I imagine, because we're going to try and play them in chronological order. Well, yeah, of, we should of release, play them in order. Not of, of timeline, because that's a... Because who knows? Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting after we finish playing Breath of the Wild, because like I said, I've never played that game before. And looking back to to think back to, to this game and see where it came from and obviously it came from Zelda 1 but in terms of this list to see how far the the mechanics that were introduced in Zelda 1 and then refined in A Link to the Past have affected games oh, this like is why I find the Zelda series fascinating because you've got a very old series and even more so than Mario everyone it's royalty Zelda isn't it yeah, and I think Mario kind of has kept the same formula but refined it. But I think a lot of people think that Zelda's done that um, because the stories are often the same. But actually in the gameplay department, yeah. I feel like there's a lot more different than people think. Compared to Mario. Which is why I think it's going to be... And I think it's going to be really interesting seeing what is gained and what is lost between each title. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's a really fascinating one to go through on this list. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it interests me personally. So if you're at all interested, come along for the ride with us. Yeah, and it's the same with... Um, let us know what you think. A, a lot of the other games that we play, like the series, because obviously we've got um, five MGS games on this list um, as well and seeing how they grow. And obviously we kind of squiffed it a little bit by doing MGS 2 before MGS 1. Um, yeah. But seeing how series grow, I think, is a really interesting concept for this. Oh, yeah, Especially, definitely is. Um I mean, we both hold a lot of um, nostalgia and love for Metal Gear Solid, but whereas with The Legend of Zelda, it's a series that you love, but I'm very indifferent to it. So yeah. to see that journey um, go on, and I mean, it's not going to be too long before we hit Ocarina of Time, is it? Um, I can't wait, and and not even not even because I love that game so much or anything like that, and I do I do I do hold a love for it, but. I just can't wait because after playing this game, I just really want to play that game. <laughs> yeah, what what's are you are you happy to um, divulge which Zelda game on this list you're looking forward to playing most, or would you rather save that for when you talk about your favourite Zelda game? I think I will save it because yeah. I think it's I think it's not one that people pick as their favourite. That is often. it the one that I'm thinking. But of? I probably yeah. the one that you know I always go yeah. on about. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, and I think it's interesting with Zelda because I actually see it as quite an experimental series. Um, Especially the I feel like that I, we're talk that we're referencing here. Yeah, very very experimental. The most experimental ex with 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 the exception of maybe Breath of the Wild, um, which is also up there as with my favourites. But yeah, and 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 I think I think. Something like Metal Gear Solid, I, we both love it. Mm. it. I think it plays it a bit more straight. It kind of um, it iterates rather than reinvents the wheel. Yeah. Um, but which is great as well. Uh, anyway, I think this was the longest conclusion we've ever done. See, I think it's interesting though. Um, I do, I do. We'll, I think we 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 we, have we probably started to, to wake up a bit. Yeah, we yeah, have a we tendency do. to we ramble, do. but I think with conversations like this, it's quite interesting, especially for a series like Zelda, um, just because. It's held in such high regard, and you know. Like, well, the thing like is, said, I think you've got we're playing it for the last game. couple of weeks, and I feel like um, I feel like 
we both had lots to say, but I feel like it's only just coming to us. That's, that's the way it happens with podcasts sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, um, next title is going to be one that we may have said that we were doing a while ago. Yeah. Um, would you like to reveal to us? Yeah. So we're what finally the next title is? We're finally going to get around to playing Little Big Planet. Um, I think we were supposed to do it ages ago, but then The Last of Us Part Two came out and lots of other things and now I got a switch so we thought we'd finally get around to doing a Nintendo game with Zelda um, so yeah we're finally getting around to doing Little Big Planet and if you're a massive fan of A Link to the Past let us know why you love it yeah. um, because we know that people love it and th- you, of course you're well within your rights to love it it's a great game uh, for many people so just let us know why Yeah. because I'm sure we've got it wrong for that, for that uh, section of the audience but you know absolutely you can't get them all right yeah very true so as usual if you want to send us your comments or thoughts about this episode then feel free to get in touch with us via facebook twitter instagram email um all of that stuff and in the meantime we'll see you next time for little big planet so yeah yeah cheerio bye